food plot. It's almost like Christmas. It's like a season. Except that it's... I don't ever want to go to Christmas at your house. (laughs) If it's this much work, I'm not coming either. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) What I meant by that is it's just a season thing. It is. It is part of the season. Okay. Well, we'll jump right in here. Here we go. Welcome. That was a loud click with my mouth. Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I'm your host, Trevin Stoltz. I'm here with Phil Francone and Tanner. Shedmaster. The Shedmeister. <laughs> Vernon. How many sheds has he found on this, which is not a shed hunting trip. It's a food plotting trip. Well, just on this trip. I think five, right? Some, yeah. I think five. Like not Sorry. enough. I was drinking. Not enough, but... I found a few. We uh, we usually do this first week, last week of July, first week of August. We're a little bit early, but last week we did it first week of August, and we really just didn't get the growth because it was so late. Yep. And the ground is perfect. We had a really good rain last weekend before we kicked off the whole deal, and the ground held the moisture well. It really, really looks great. I haven't seen it this green this late. I mean, even coming all the way through Colorado. Yeah, I, w- I feel the same way. There's plenty of moisture, and I think our trails we mowed are going to continue to grow. So we got, we've got more work ahead of us, but yeah. um, this is easily the greenest it's been this late. Usually we get this, it really dries out and gets hot and bakes it bakes it out, but it looks really great now. Yeah, and it, we're hitting it in this Kansas in July, and so we're you know anywhere from 80 five degrees to 95 degrees with about the same percent percent humidity <laughs> yes so it's uh steam bath a steam bath a constant steam bath you know this year nick couldn't make it nick percy with killer food plots and that's who has really been our mentor and helped us direct our you know what do we do i remember we were talking about this earlier when we first started this yeah. we'd look at each other and go well what do we do first yeah and you know we'd have some ideas i think i want to put one here i want to put one here well what does that mean what do you what do we do first do we till do we you know do we need to kill it off and i feel like with having nick having had nick here the past two years working alongside not just having him consult you know over the phone hey do this first do this mm-hmm. but literally working side by side i felt really confident this year yeah we went into it with a way better game plan than we've had and it is i mean our partnership with nick has been kind of like a master's class of food plotting and it has changed us from neophytes and and rookies into seasoned veterans it feels like we just had a process and it worked and until the clutch blew on the on the tiller well but we were on one heck of a roll it's it's unique with us because i think we've most of our plots we've this isn't the first we only opened up one plot this mm-hmm. year that we had never done before and so we know what grows uh you have what we call a river plot which has always done well you did something different though this year you came in overseeded in february i was down here during trapping season it was cold um trapping was a little slow so i thought you know what i'm just we had some resurrection clover here and I thought, I'm just going to go give it a shot. I've heard of this frost seeding thing, and I've never done it, and I'm just going to give it a rip. And and uh, those two plots that I did frost seed, the river plot and then the west side there, 
I'm really impressed. Like it, that isn't, that is a, a very functional, um, easy way to get seed in the ground. I've, I've never seen a clover plot so lush. Uh, it, it was almost it, mid calf high. If you could, uh, if you could get away without getting chiggers and ticks all over you, you could lay in it and like, yeah. I mean, it'd be, a, it'd, it'd be nap city. Yeah. And then, um, and then we move over to what we call the Ho Chi Minh because there's a trail that we call the Ho Chi Minh. And there's the, that, that's about an acre there. Yeah. And we've tried to plant that before, but it's coming off of a watershed that it's, re, it's always really damp. Yeah. Which it, you would it think would be us. perfect. It's almost for, too much, though. But it's almost too much. I think when we start getting those big rains, it just, it just floods it out. And I don't know if the, the soil just had, I mean, we've, we've done soil tests and it needs lime and we lined it and it needs fertilizer and we fertilized it and we've done a pretty good job, buddy. If it doesn't work this year, I've never seen it look that good. So yeah. if it doesn't work this year, we might just frost seed the whole thing and just keep it clover for a while and just let it be yeah. and where it floods out, it floods out. Cause it's just, it's a great location to find deer. The ground just isn't perfect for a food plot and that's a that's also a great spot i've killed two turkeys there and that is a great turkey spring spot. just because they funnel out and because you've put clover and clover has done well there yeah. in the past i think that spring it's a good spring spot it's a perfect spring spot but you've always seen deer there too mm -hmm. on camera yep the elk like to hang out there the deer yeah. like to hang out there yeah. and the turkeys like to hang yes out we there. did say elk people we are in kansas but we did say elk if you follow our podcast in the past we have a nuisance herd of elk <laughs> we sure and do. they are real appreciative of our food plots they really like to wreck our feeders and our cameras and our food plots they're neat it's pretty neat when you first see one on camera because you're like what? i'm in kansas what in the world is on my game camera and then you realize about three weeks later that they're pretty hard on stuff <laughs> yeah and especially in that november time frame when usually bucks are just going nuts i had on the old ridgeline plot i had a, a bull that lived there for uh, four or five days i was looking through and literally i had hundreds of pictures of him 30 minutes apart and then through the night he would sleep in the middle or lay down i should say lay in the corn pile in the middle of, of, the, of the food plot so he, uh the uh bottom corner down where the river plot is that we talked about we ha i had a couple of bulls must have gotten in a fight in there because they had laid down at least a quarter acre of corn just flattened it mm. and they're they're just they're just big creatures and they eat a lot and they wreck a lot yeah yeah but we do have some good deer we, we sure were do. talking about last year the amount of mature deer we saw cruising around i mean it was i killed i missed blades which was heartbreaking um I, I I nicked him. Let's just say that I bounced it off his back, and then that night, I shot my number two buck. Yeah. That was a heck of a day. Yeah, highs highest highs, lows lows, and um, and then you had some incredible deer on your west side. I've never had bucks on the farm like I had last year. Not not in number and not in quality. Uh, something really broke loose. And I, I mean, there's a lot to what we've done to improve our properties and especially our properties together. So when you look at what we have, we've got about, let's call it 800 acres between us. The first year when I bought the place, 2014 was, I, I think the same year I met you, um, when Adam was uh, looking for that deer 
that he shot that jumped over the fence on my side. That's how I, I was introduced to you guys. And, and uh, we found, I think, five sheds the following spring. Mm-hmm. This year we found almost 40 in the same space. So I think we're doing the right thing. So what we're doing with these food plots and what killer food plots is, is helping us do to our ground to improve the, the quality of it. I, it, I, it, I don't think it's a coincidence. Yeah, we've we've we have definitely gotten advantage with Nick's uh, insight and expertise, but we've also paid some stupid tax. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, like example. We've, we've paid plenty of stupid tax. Spreaders. Yep. That has been our nemesis. Now you have that spreader, that that cone spreader that yep. that mounts on the three point on the back of the tractor, yep. and. We did have some issues with that this year, but we got it figured out, and that made short. Did I just whistle? That made short. That made short work of what is normally the longer process, An arduous task, because we're always working on these cheap spreaders that yeah. you buy at Tractor Supply or you know whatever, and they're two hundred fifty bucks, but they don't yeah. last. They're if, all plastic. If there's gearing. If there's any advice I would give to someone that said, hey, Phil, you've been planting food plots for eight years now. What would be the first thing you would do? And I would say, actually, I would change that to the first thing I wouldn't do. I wouldn't go buy a plastic feeder or a spreader from any tractor supply store in the world. They just don't cut it in this environment. They're good for the yard. They are not good for food plots. No, no. And and we've spent the uh, the high end ones i mean you know so we're we don't need to take 200 pounds a time but if we take you know 150 if they don't last yeah if we haven't wasted 750 bucks on spreaders i'd be blown away yeah (laughs) and that's i mean basically the cost of the um, the conical um, spreader which now that we've got that that makes light work of it you can put 400 pounds of stuff in there and you can just get it done right and then uh, some of the other things we've changed is we've also got our process down Mm -hmm. and um, we used to come in and try and spray and there was times we'd spray we'd let it sit for half a day or or maybe a day Mm -hmm. because we'd have to spray everything and then come back the next day and we'd mow and then we'd till and we were you were able to come out and spray everything a week yeah i got here about eight ten days ago and and uh hit it all with roundup and it just helps so much because it kills everything off and it allows you to do things like burn to where you have no with us running a tiller versus running a disc or running you know some sort of other device to tilt to pull the ground up that's all that residual material got caught in that tiller and it made it really difficult so it's it's a mass of of grass to be able to burn it off Mm -hmm. now that we did that this year yeah buddy that was a cakewalk that was budweiser play of the day we got here and it was mid you know three four Mm o'clock hot but it was also not super dewy uh so we you know there, there wasn't that do like in the morning so we went and you had a propane burner and we we had we were real fortunate too we had just a a nice wind Mm -hmm. 
and we were able to burn back the edges and then turn around and just kind of and it didn't i mean it didn't clear it out completely but it burned all that undergrowth that that has always been an issue yeah it was enough to get all that stuff out of our way i mean when you start trying to get through all that thatch getting seed into the ground and getting it out of the way and you just we'd always end up with those giant balls of stuff left over and now it kind of just it those were virtually non-existent and we you know if we had a if we had a drill we've talked about this if we had like a genesis or something you know some type of drill Mm -hmm. that uh, we would we wouldn't have to worry about it because we could leave that thatch which would help keep the moisture and then we could go drill but we don't have that we don't so um, that's probably stage four or five down the road they're so expensive they're so nice though it's just it's it's a big my only concern is getting to some of the places that we I, I don't know how they pull i think you can pull them behind an atv yeah um i don't know how they pull how how we can get it across the creek i think we'd have an awful tough time getting it to the teacher stand up on the ridge line yeah. I, I think that'd be dangerous but i don't know they weigh a lot yeah especially if you get like a three seat box yeah. when they weigh there's there's quite a bit of weight yeah. there you've this is how many how long have you been coming tanner with us to to do these um probably three four years on and off i don't know if i've came consecutively but what uh what what have you seen change as far as from from your perspective um from what we're our, our method and what we're doing now than than when you know three four years ago no i think just like kind of what you're talking about like you just had a better plan it seemed like and you're a little more organized and concise with things and being able to come in here early and burn and or and then spray and then burn it off and it's just kind of like you got it down to steps feel right. like as opposed to like uh i don't yeah. know and you know, there's not much gnashing of teeth now right there right. was a lot of we got to figure this out and come up with a game plan now we've all done it enough to where you just pick up the ball and go like you know you need to do this and i know i need to do that and you know the next step is this so we just it's like we've kind of gotten to concert and i think yeah. that, i think that helps i think i called or texted Nick once this time. And That's I think we were pretty much on the phone. <laughs> if he wasn't here, we were on the yeah. phone with him constantly. Yeah. And the only thing I did is we couldn't remember how much fertilizer per acre. Yep. And then if we were using soil defender and we knew it cut it back, but we were, we were pretty sure we had enough fertilizer, yep. but we were gauging how much to put on. And, um, and we were like, I, I think we got enough, but do we use every bit of what we have or do we you know are we even do we even have more than what we need and it turned out we did it worked out perfect and then with the soil defender we actually probably even maybe uh, the good thing about the groganics uh fertilizer from killer food plots is you you're not going to overkill i mean you're not going to over saturate something like yeah. you would with a 191919 or something like that the the instructions are obviously very easy to follow and the product is fantastic i feel like it's really hard to burn your 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 ground you, over fertilizing it just seems like it works really well and and back in the old days when we were running 191919 uh we could very easily over fertilize and torch the ground and and waste money doing it so i this stuff is just really user friendly yeah let's kind of talk through and a lot of our plots actually we've kind of developed a system where a lot of our plots look similar um i don't think there's one plot other than maybe some edges or where we're like we're just doing clover Mm -hmm. but 
a lot of what we're doing is uh, a, a screening, like a border patrol, on the edges. And the only time we're doing that is in a plot where we're using that, like on your west side, mm -hmm. because that's the way you come in. You're coming yeah. down the hill, yes. and you're using that just for cover to get into to hunt. I think it's fantastic for ingress, egress. Find a way to keep you tucked in, keep the eyes off of you. Uh, just It just makes it easy to slip mm -hmm. in and out. I really like that stuff. And then I use it like on this new ridgeline plot i'm using it because i don't want the deer to stand 200 yards away and be able to see what's in there i want them to have to step out absolutely and and have to go in there and and it also serves as a screen for me to get to where i can get in, in the stand or, or a blind if, if i'm going to hunt that with a blind i think that's a pretty interesting point because that's something nick taught us a couple of years ago that i i really didn't know I always thought Border Patrol, heck, that's for me to get in and out. But, but all the same, it's really good to keep deer curious about what's going on in that food mm -hmm. plot. And it makes them it makes them come in and see what's going on. And I think that's a pretty cool product to be able to do that. And there is uh, there's some unique um, climbing beans. I mean, still a food source mm -hmm. early on. Um, but, yeah. And then if that is the outside, let's work in. We, we do a lot of carnage brassicas, which isn't going to give us a huge bump this summer, but what it's going to do is post-rut, it's, it's going for, for deer health herd, that's going to come back. Now, they will eat some of it as it comes in, but yep. um, a lot of the times we're, we're talking January, February. I've seen them nip the tops early. Yeah. Um, never, and then once the, once the, the beet and the, the fruit actually starts to form, I really haven't had... I don't use it as a source to kill deer. That's not my. That's not what I put it there for. I actually put it there to keep deer around late January, February, so they drop sheds on my place, <laughs> right? And, then, and it's and, working. And you'll see them just dig in with their hooves into the ground in January right. and eat the heck out of that. Because really, when the frost comes and all the sugars come to the top on those things, it's it's after deer season here. Right. So right. And then we'll come back climatize. That's more of something. Hey, let's get in some groceries. Mm -hmm. Let, that's what the, tonnage. Yeah. Yeah, we need so that's a good source. The 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 turnips and stuff in the White Rage, um, that can be an earlier source, but it's also gonna I think more of a later. It seems to me, and and I I know there's multitude there's a multitude of seeds in there. It seems to me they like to hit that later as well. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Climatize is my favorite one for mid-season early season growth i just deep woods, i just think deep, deep woods is a good there's one, some deep but, woods and of course yeah. but the deep woods is definitely shady yeah from that's shady stuff. you know and we've you've got a couple plots where you're definitely there's there's a uh, lot of shade a lot of shade and the deep woods is in my opinion probably the best for, for those that. shadier places yep so. I, lo I love the climatize in the sun and that deep woods is great for the shade mm -hmm. and and we'll have these plots that you'll have that you'll have one side is going to get you know two three hours good sun but but then as you get out in it you get constant sun like yep. eight hours yep and so the deep woods will do better over there on the side then we'll work out and then we're not too concerned with okay this strip is going to be this i mean we just kind of we know towards that we want to put that and one thing i think that we i made the mistake i went and bought some of those bag seeders from uh, tractor supply those are junk they were unfriendly they were they were un they were junk i don't know how to say it i mean even the one that i got to work yeah. 
wasn't that great. I, yeah. I, I tried to adjust the settings. Uh, we used to use those green ones, and or no, they were red. Red. Red, and then the green on the end, and whatever those, those were pretty good. We've got I to should, find those again, yeah. and I and I don't know where they ended up. That's that was a that was a quality. Well, seed we broke tour. some. Okay. I mean, I I know we had yeah. some for like two years, yeah. and I think last year we find those finally ended up. I mean, we used them multiple years. These were cheap. I mean, twenty bucks, whatever. Yeah. Well, they weren't even worth twenty bucks. When you're throwing four or five acres worth of seed, six acres worth of seed, I think it's you just have to buy a good one. You just have to, and and none of them are perfect. But the ones we had for this trip were unfortunate for sure. Well, you had that little Scott's uh, <laughs> battery. I've never seen that. That thing worked really, especially That's, on the bigger seed like a Border Patrol. Yeah to be able to get it even and what i like to do on the border patrol is i'm pretty particular about where that goes because mm -hmm. i want that on the edge yep. but i want it thick you know 10 yes. 13 feet wide and i could direct that as i work the edges um and that's why nick always liked that little box hand crank mm -hmm. because he could do the same thing yeah. this just was battery operated it's pretty good i'm getting a couple of those for next year yeah here this is another piece of advice i'd hand out after eight years of beating myself up paying the dumb tax i bought that scott's battery operated grass seed thrower when i reseeded some grass at my house three four years ago i don't remember the time frame but that's the best thing i've ever bought it's it's perfect it holds almost a full bag of seed and you just push a button and you can it has a dial selector on it so if, if you're out there looking for a seed thrower buy the scott's whiz it's kind of a goldish brown and it works quite well yeah yeah, especially when you're going from the itty bitty chicory or or yes. resurrection clover or yes. any of that really tiny seed, and then the next thing we're putting in there is the border patrol that has different sizes, but yeah. the main so, one is a you know it's not stuff quite that's a, about the size of a pea. Yeah, yeah, and it worked great. It worked great. I was I'm impressed with the little thing. It it did well. So, but just like every other time we actually do food plots we are cranking man i i figured we would be done yesterday yep. we were doing so good we we burned we came out we burned the first day basically burned everything off yep. and then we came back and we started um lime fertilizer got all that you know so now we're prepped and next thing we know we're well we let's go till this field it's same day right and i'm yeah. like we're doing really good really good Next thing we know, we're done with your west plot. Yeah, we we tilled it, we seeded it, and we cultipacked it, and we're done. All we gotta do is spray soil defender, which we do early mornings when the when there's no wind, and then uh, and then we went to the next one, and that went smashingly, and and we're I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I should have knocked on wood, and then we head to that new ridge line, knowing that that was probably we were anticipating some rock and some different stuff and yep. we had to move a couple of uh, down trees out yep. of that and so we knew we were opening up new ground yes and uh then we had the dumpster fire always adds complexity you were you'd made one almost one complete round one revolution and then there was smoke billowing out of the clutch yeah. assembly on that tiller we're using a tiller the way I explain it is we're using a screwdriver as a hammer. The tiller is an awesome piece of equipment, but it's not exactly what you want to use if you're breaking new ground. Uh, a, a, a 
disc or something like that is obviously the best opportunity but we were, were working with the tools we have we went up there we hit it we hit it hard it was going pretty well and i don't know if i hit a root ball or if i hit a big rock or whatever but it got up inside of the tines the tiller and froze up and it, these tillers if you've seen them they've got an anti uh like a a kickback clutch in them well this one didn't kick back it ate it alive and smoked the clutch blades and, and we literally had, smoked the clutch blades there was about a five foot billow of smoke coming right. out of there so i expected to see flames when i <laughs> ran over there you got it shut down and then we when did we burn that clutch out it was that three oh, years ago believe, four I, years I, ago I, I believe it was three years ago and we jumped in the truck yep. at that time you had a buddy at the cabela's in kansas city yeah. who was in service yeah and we literally they had one yes. so we took him yours yep. we pulled it apart and that's how we knew at least how to pull it apart yes and we drove to kansas city and he had one yep. we quick, switched him out quick he, swap he was going to rebuild that still waiting on that part back um but uh yeah. got back and got back to work well we're sitting here after we burn that up and it was already getting dark i mean mm. we were we were thinking we were trying to push it and, yeah. and, and get that last one done, but it was it was probably, it was getting close to quitting time. So we come back and we're sitting around going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm, I've got these great ideas. Well, maybe we could back drag it with the bucket. I mean, I'm trying to think, how can we do it? And Just get some some open soil so we can get some seed contact. And, and so then we started Googling who was a woods tractor uh equipment repair or or any you know dealer or whatever which is what this implement is it's a woods yep. and we found one actually we found two one in wichita one in newton kansas which are both about an hour or 10 hour and a half away and of course they're not open because it's now 9 30 at night so we kind of make a plan to to give them a call next morning and uh I'll be darned, you called the one in Newton, and they are—they didn't have a clutch assembly, but they had the friction pads. Yes. Which is basically, here, we'll give you the parts, you rebuild it. You bet. And, from, and outwardly, looking at that clutch, you're like, that seems like a pretty um, fancy piece of equipment. And if I tear that thing apart, I might mess something up. Right. As it turns out. It's, it's pretty not simple. All, not all that bad. I mean, it's spring tension, stuff like that. Um, it's got eight bolts around a circle with these two abrasive pads that that work together. Yep. Um, and th that's, those two pads are what had basically crispy creamed. Yes. Crispy, crispy fried, I guess, not crispy creamed. And um, so they said, yeah, we got them. And so we volunteered tanner he probably didn't want to go but we could we knew we could get other stuff done yeah. that needed to be done because i know where i need to do on my stuff you knew where you need to do on your stuff yeah and we sent tanner and it was about an hour and a half huh yeah hour and 40 minutes there probably so got my the rest of my driving out of the way for the weekend so that's good until tomorrow, yeah, <laughs> uh, when you drive me home. Um, and you and I put out 
cameras and you know field feeders all the stuff that we would do anyway we would we would do on this trip anyway yeah. we just took the time to keep the work moving right but uniquely we're driving by a wood wood lot and you stop and you said you know there's some old equipment in this wood lot i wonder if there's something we could drag like a something yeah we i mean we talked about how do we get this soil turned over without you know we're obviously concerned about if we put a new clutch in the tiller we might just go burn it up again right so do we have a box blade no we don't have a box blade do we know anybody that has one as it turns out no we don't so you go through the whole thing and, and i'm just like oh hey wait a minute there i remember some like i'm gonna call it 1900s tillage <laughs> equipment in in the in this old tree row so we get the bright idea to head back in there and see if we could either get as many ticks as possible or find something to drag across that ground and we came across i don't even know what i would call it it when we first saw saw we're like this is the perfect we think we've got a drag we've got a drag it's this thing with a ton of wheels and a ton of tines on it i think it's actually a soil pulverizer it just wasn't up for the task well we pulled it out we started working on it because it needed work so we but but as we pulled it out and then got it turned around and actually it had a three-point connection yeah, everything we were able there. to hook up to the tractor yeah. and then but you couldn't lift it because it was missing some bolts that we yeah. were going to try and put in so you we weren't a couple hundred yards from the barn so yeah. we just drove but it didn't even it didn't even mess up the grass pulling it on the grass yeah. it just rolled it feels like to me, like I said, I think it was a soil pulverizer from the old day back when they would pull a plow and then they'd have to knock all those clods down. It wasn't really yeah. a, a piece of tillage equipment. It was probably more of a finishing move than a than a starting move. So we thought we had a, a streak of brilliance with Tanner gone, thinking he was going to show back up and we were going to already be ready to rock and roll and basically not have to worry about the clutch assembly or burning it up again yeah. but then after an hour and a iron 15 minutes of fiddle farting around we realized okay let's this there's a reason this needs to go back in the in the tree room it was there for for one very good reason it was broken yeah but that i, I mean it made me feel good it made me feel like there was a chance you yeah know? so you're saying there's a chance yeah. well tanner gets back you and i get back on well let's see if we can fix this and it that thing went together simple really easy surprisingly easy once we pulled it apart before beforehand we just had this clutch assembly and we're like we just need the clutch assembly not having ever pulled one apart and this one we we were required to pull one apart because we couldn't get the assembly and and so we pulled it apart and what looked like uh like algebra on the inside was simple arithmetic right. it was pretty easy and it just all slots together and all lines up and it was probably hardest, a total of 20 minutes. The hardest part minutes. was being able to read a tape measure because mm -hmm. the gapping, because it has a spring and you have to compress the spring all the way around on each of those eight bolts. And it has to be identical, which was an inch and a quarter. And so you would hold the, the tape measure there and I would start to, yeah. uh, with a ratchet, just start to screw that bolt down yeah. until it compressed to right at that point. I don't think you'd want to do that job alone. That, that's yeah. that's a teamwork thing because to try to get the ratchet and a wrench because it, it is it is a it is a nut and a bolt assembly with a spring so you've got to you've got to clamp one side so it doesn't turn you've got to 
ratchet the bolt on and you've got to compress the spring, the spring to an inch and a quarter specifically. So you need a spare set of hands. Yeah. So that worked out really well. But it didn't take us 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. No. Once you, once you kind of get the hang of it, pretty simple, simple task. It, it, it'll put you down yeah. and it's a, you know, a kick in the shorts cause you're just, you're, you're out of business, but it's an easy fix. So then we put it back all together and crossed our fingers and then you went to the side just kind of just probably 50 yards from the barn on a spot on the edge of the field and just to make sure it worked give her a little test run we the the to get to that ridge line shoot it's i think that is 15 20 minute tractor ride easy so and a, and a pretty good creek crossing and a, and a good creek crossing so we didn't want to get all the way over there and not have it work so we gave her the old test run worked out great and as it turned out once we finally got everything going and we got back to the ridge line we did that tiller worked great uh we shallowed it up a little bit so we weren't trying to dig so deep but uh man it did a great job yeah and then we did the same thing with yep. seeded and then cultipact and then i've already gone in there and sprayed that soil defender on there and and yeah i my, my attitude right now compared to last night it's world of difference i thought we were i thought we were kind of out of business i was a little concerned and, and we're sitting here going okay well we've 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 got one half of the food plots done we got a whole nother half to go and you kind of just start trying to figure out how am i gonna come up with some magical fix and, and it's obviously not it's all of us coming together like do we have a box plate do we have this can we do this can we drag something does anybody have a harrow um, you just go through a million thought things in your mind and all you really needed was two $12 clutch plates. Yeah. And when we're going to start carrying them, I think there's going to be some spare of those in the barn. A few spares. Yeah. Yeah. For that kind of money, we're going to just have a few of them laying around. Right. So we made lemons, lemonade out of lemons. We did. And actually got the work done. Because the, the other thing is what people don't re perhaps don't realize is that we're not... A couple hours from here it's more than that you're what six hours it's five and a half hours five from my now. house yep, yep. but it used, I, to, it be used to be nine yep. and we're ten and a half yep so um you know it, it it's a little bit to get here so it's not as easy as okay well we'll do it next weekend it's hard to just make a quick jaunt down yeah it just doesn't work very well and yeah. you, you just you need to accomplish a lot while you're here because of the just the the investment of time in the travel yeah 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 for sure and 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 then getting all the that's why when we come down here not only do you do food plots but you're setting everything up yep. you know running starting around cameras and 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 you you go from there so but i think the big news is tanner and his nose for sheds I'm this an, is I'm not shed season i'm impressed I mean, normally somebody's got to uh, keep track of all the deer on here I so mean, you <laughs> <laughs> One time we're driving, we're following you in the tractor, and he says, stop, and he bails out and picks up a shed. And then the next time we go through there, he says, stop, and he picks up the match to the shed he picked up before. And then just here a little bit ago, I was going to spray to finalize that that ridgeline plot with soil defender and he said you know i'm gonna bail out here you go spray and come back and get me on your way back i'm gonna walk this little creek and he comes back and he's got a pretty good shed and found a deadhead buried in the mud and uh he's pretty he's 
kind of antsy right now to get back out there and, and walk the up. rest of that creek out. We we obviously put in a, a buddy of mine and I came down here and hiked and hiked and hiked and we found I don't remember the number. I'm going to say it was like 17 sheds. And then you guys came down the next weekend and you guys found like 20 something sheds. We found I think four, three or four while we were um trapping um Tanner finds five this weekend again. It's it's amazing. In 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 the territory that we have to cover in the 800-ish acres that we we have under our belt, it's amazing to be able to find 40 sheds. It's just I I believe it's what we're doing with this ground. Uh, there's those sheds were not here before. So it's really neat to be able to have that and I don't know if Tanner's so good at it or if we just have bad eyes. Maybe I I think there's a mixture. <laughs> I think he's. I think I think I've got bad eyes, and I think Tanner's really good at it. I'd say I'd say he sniffs him out. The difference is he's had COVID and he still can't smell. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's just art. It's an art. It there is you art. go. Well, I think this year it'll be interesting, having looked at what we did last year, and the food plots. Um, the last couple of years have been tough because the elk have decimated the food plot so bad. I think we need, you know, Nick always talks about you just need to plant more groceries. And that's why I wanted to open up that plot. Yeah. We, we At this point, I think the only, the only way to combat the elk is more groceries, more acres, more, yeah. more acres planted. Um, sooner or later, we run out of ground that we can plant. So we'll just have to see, um, but it or sure, it sure feels, elk. <laughs> man, they're, they're like a Hoover vacuum. You, oh. you, you can watch your plots come together. I've got some, um, cell, cell phone cameras that send my, you know, pictures back to the house. And while I'm in Nebraska, I can see what's going on with the food plots. And I'm, I'm watching these food plots pop and they look fantastic and everything's going good and deer are coming to the house and everything's great. And about a week later, here come five, six, seven elk and the food plot's gone. They're just yeah. like a Hoover vacuum on it. And it, it's just, it's a little frustrating, but they can eat a lot of food. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And these are elk that apparently have es escaped a, a preserve many years ago and now have inbred and, and you know, they're, they're not the, probably not the brightest tool in the tool shed. I, I don't know that I would call them the majestic Rocky no. mountain elk. Right. I think these are the less than majestic Kansas. I got lost elk. Mm -hmm. they, yeah, they've got some <laughs> stuff going on. They have some very I, interesting antler growth. I'm hoping that they just inbreed enough that they're s sterile at some point yeah. and <laughs> just go, go away. I know the, the Game and Parks folks down here aren't uh, super pleased that they're around. And, and as a landowner, I think there's an opportunity to, you know, you can get a get a tag and, 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 and help take them out because they don't want them around either. They're just, right. they're not, they're not from around these parts. Right. Right, they're doing yeah. they're doing some damage from the farm perspective. They're doing they're just not part of the ecology of the area. When I when we first started seeing him, I remember there was a six by seven, but he didn't have a thirty five inch main beam. Yeah, he's just kind of, and now it's a mature. I mean, looks four or five years old. Yeah. A spike. Yeah. You know, and just big bodied sucker, but yep. he's been a spike for yeah as long as we've had and that's just the elk, in you know? inbreeding, I think. Yep. So there's the herd is not uh, it's not being supplemented with outside um, DNA donors. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. 
you know, this time of year, at when we leave here, it, this is when I really start. You start kind of. Uh, it's like waiting for Christmas. Yeah. You know, the next the next camera pull that we do, you know, it might be late August, early September, and by then, you know, you're starting to identify bucks. They've they, they've grown out. You know, you're starting to go. Okay, yep. here is such and. and we don't know if Blades is alive, and that's, we, we haven't found him dead. We haven't found him dead. We look and we looked hard to see if 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 you know. So you got the fingers crossed that that you know he made it through another year. He'd be nine, and you know he could be going downhill or or maybe this. It's so green and there's such prime forage right now compared to last year. Maybe he has a resurgence. I mean. These are the things that keep us engaged, even though we are five and a half hours, ten and a half hours away. July the 4th is kind of my switch. And I think after Independence Day, you go out, you have fun, you have your big barbecue, you blow your, try not to blow your fingers off. And, and it even it even rings true in our, in our business. You start to see people really getting their minds wrapped around, I got to get ready for the fall. And this is so for me, this, this is obviously a little bit later than July the 4th, but it's there's a switch in my head that turns on the minute we get done with this then i'm like okay i'm back on this i gotta have my cameras on and i've got to have yeah. you know my my head in the game when when winter uh when's the full moon in november when am i going to be you know in the stand so it just changes your entire mindset right right i miss not having nick here this year but i yes. think uh i think he would have been proud of us as we adapted and overcome He's got broad shoulders and the old boy can put some work in mm -hmm. and I appreciate all of the work that he's helped us do and uh, the tutelage he gave us. But uh, uh, I, I definitely missed him this this time, but by golly, we, we got her done. Yeah, we did. I did. And now it's all down to waiting and uh, looking forward to, to the, as the fall approaches and Halloween and, and hoping, you know, you sit waiting that hoping that Halloween's, you get a good frost, you know, when you start, mm -hmm. you know, anyway, it, it's, everybody knows what it is. It, yeah. As it approaches, if you've hunted whitetail, it's that anticipation. Yes. It's just like for us in the West, you know, the elk rut, you know, when the August starts getting cooler and then September and now the aspens start turning colors and the bulls start bugling. It's, I mean, it's just a special time of year. So, well, what's next? If Mother Nature could drop us about a half inch of rain tomorrow, that would be spectacular. Yeah. And then uh, it's all over with the cleanup. Yep. Oh, for sure. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Um, if you do have questions about food plots, you can always log on to killerfoodplots.com or, you know, send the guys over there an uh, Instagram message or Facebook message or whatever there. Nick Percy is, uh, as we shared in the podcast, he is ready to help and eager to help and uh you know the products they they have fantastically yeah. knowledgeable yeah i mean the 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 capability he has the skill set he has the product he produces and the the advice he can give you unbelievable absolutely yeah. fantastic it it takes that that learning curve and really shortens it agreed so all right well god bless and we will see you guys down the trail